check this out. Wait, shit. Oh no, I don't think I can do it again. I don't know what you're doing. Fuck! I was trying to teach myself the X-Men song, but it's not going well. What? Which which song? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, shit. I like how you just wait, wait, shit. Because I fucked it up. Oh. I can't play it perfectly. All right, well, you can do it for next time. <laughs> I mean, did you literally just learn this right now? Yeah. Okay, that's anyway, pretty I'm good for right now. Anyway, I'm keeping all that in. Okay, well, I have a song for you, too. Ready? Okay. Ready? They are do, do, do. <laughs> okay, that's all. That's all. I played that on my own. That sounded really good. Thank I you. don't know how you got all those instruments. I became like a musical mastermind in the wow. past few days. Because I mean, it was way more impressive than what I just did. So well, I, I had I... <laughs> That's because I had a really tough week and battling yeah. anxiety and depression. I took it out by writing music and in fact learned all music and got, immediately got better than you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You immediately like... had like 16 synthesizers. You also like learned how to perfectly imitate. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I also bought 60 more keyboards than you already have. Yeah. Okay. And like a drum machine and you just instantly cued all of it up. I mean, really good job. Anyway. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. <laughs> Welcome to the Mutant to Ages. To the Mutant Ages, where we review every cartoon X-Men episode of every cartoon X-Men ever. In order. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. episode called slave island in x-men the animated series i don't know what number we're on i i don't know but it seems like cares? a cool place it, to me slave island can't nothing will go wrong there yeah i mean it turns out that genosha was bad guys and that oh maybe... shit shit nobody told me <laughs> nobody told gambit storm and jubilee because uh, they I'm went there sure on gambit... a fun beach vacation which we heard about last week um in an episode your... that you really don't need to watch because the only relevant information in it was that Storm and Jubilee and Gambit went to Genosha to investigate it because they were advertising it as like a fun vacation spot for mutants. Turns out it's not. Turns out there's a bunch it's of sentinels hell. there. Yeah, it turns out there's like a whole bunch of bad shit there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's uh, a word camp. It's bad. Shit's bad on Genosha. Bad. You shouldn't go this there is, if you're a mutant or a... really if you're anybody. Yeah, actually, you don't want to go there unless you want to be, like, enslaved by, like, some mysterious leader. 
I mean, I guess if you're a human, then you have no idea what's going on there. Like, you just think it's like a cool beach resort. I mean, but if you're a mutant, then you're fucked. Yeah, because they can tell. I mean, because they have security cam footage of like the other times that you've gone out and done stupid shit. Yeah, I mean, should we, do, should we do a little previously on? I mean, normally we try to explain what the fuck. Yeah, I... let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. All right, previously on X-Men, the X-Men, previously on the X-Men. Why are you just going to keep saying that? <laughs> previously Listen, on I am running out of very X-Men? few hours of sleep this week. <laughs> Question mark? All right, Guys, previously on X-Men. We're really sleep deprived and we're doing this show. I don't What's know why. Up? What's All right, up? So in the previous X-Men episode, <laughs> blah, blah, where actually, what did happen? Okay, so so okay. previously <laughs> on the X-Men. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, shit, my ear. Hold on, my headphones fell. Okay. Um, okay, I got this. I got this. Did right. Cyclops and Gambit get into a fight? Because Gambit is like, I heard that there's a cool mutant hangout on Genosha, and Cyclops is like, stop spreading rumors, Gambit. That's false. And Gambit is like, I fucking heard about this. It's not a rumor. It's like based on actual intel that I collected, you idiot, but fine. <laughs> and then Professor X showed up and was like, why don't you guys go? and check it out and cyclops was like great idea professor x right so they went to genosha where they were like almost immediately captured by humans and sentinels because it's actually a yeah there's like a huge fucking army there right it's the front for kidnapping mutants and enslaving them and meanwhile during all that wolverine went and became a native american it was and ran around alaska and rummaged on the snow with like with saber saber tooth and they like had a bunch of native americans were kidnapped in the background being like what the fuck is happening wolverine and this is our worst recap we've ever done i mean honestly it's the greatest recap we've ever done because that episode was stupid yeah and then previous to that the cyclops had been kidnapped by callisto of the warlocks and was trying to be used as her sex slave and they all escaped that is any of that relevant at this point or are um, we just talking be- about it for fun? Well, because it all ties in with the season. And then we also have Beast, who is still in jail. Yes. And Magneto, who's flying about somewhere. I mean, Beast is, like, semi-relevant in the sense that Cameron Hodge is randomly in this episode. But we can uh, get to it's that. It's relevant because that means that Beast's lawyer is up to no good. Yes, so. exactly. And but that's, we can get to that's that in important. a bit. Because this episode is really fucking complicated, and there's like 600 characters in it, so strap in, folks. I <laughs> okay, before we even start, it, and I kept pausing it and like rewinding it, and I'm that's so, what I was so saying. Overwhelmed. I gave you warning, it. fair warning yesterday. I was Look, like, just I so know, you know, you need I, to invest like a couple hours in this episode. Because... I did. I I did invest that much time in a 20 minute episode for this show. Yep. I'm committed. So strap in. We're going to be here for like another seven hours. <laughs> oh, my God. No. <laughs> We're going to do it in three parts. No. Uh, oh. So, <laughs> All right. So I did want to speak a little bit more professionally here where uh, this is one of those episodes that I do remember very vividly from when I was a kid and also when I was rewatching it as a teenager and also when I rewatched it for fun and like, you know, my adult years. But, you know, I've enjoyed it every single time. And this time around, when we go back and look at it a critical with a critical eye i like it even more i think it's a really good episode the only thing that really like is just something that's not working in its favor is that it really should have been a two-parter episode yes. because there's so much happening in it I agree. and i feel like i absorbed everything that happened because i paused it and like really spent time like writing down what i thought 
Uh, but I don't think like when you're watching it right away, like, you know, by yourself, the first time, just commercials, like you can't stop or anything like yeah, it's yeah, on yeah. TV. And you I can't think follow. it's actually supposed to be kind of overwhelming because it's like right. the X-Men are suddenly getting thrown into this bizarre world where there's actually a ton of antagonists and other heroes that they didn't know about that are introduced here. They're meeting right. a bunch of new mutants. They're meeting a bunch of other bad guys and they're kind of like confused and thrown and don't know what to do. So well, it's, it's, that's it's okay to have an episode that introduces a whole lot of those elements. And I think that they don't even really expect the viewer to necessarily keep up with all of it, but we're going Going to actually tell you who all the mutants are because you know it's what the show nerds. is but yeah when you're watching it i don't think that they expect you to notice all the different cameos and and the the foreshadowing that happens in this episode absolutely I, and i think i think it's a really ambitious episode and i think it probably was meant to be written as a two-parter but for some reason we like snuck in that unnecessary wolverine story because then in this episode we'll get to it but he comes back and it's just like I know it's like, like a it's non completely issue. irrelevant. It's like and why it's... did he even leave? I don't exactly. even understand. And why. so and I don't think that's this episode's or this writer's fault because it's like whoever decided oh, to no. tie everything together that way. But I think the content of this episode, the dialogue is really good. The story mm-hmm. telling is really good because there's layers of like 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 four or five different stories happening here. Um it's a really great episode for Gambit. It's a it really is. great episode for Jubilee and their and relationship Storm. together and Storm dealing with like some really heavy politics, some really dark shit. And also like there's like a lot of action sequences, but there's also like a lot of rebellion and there's also a lot of sequences where like the villains are just sitting around talking. You know what I mean? Like it's not even like interesting to watch if you're a kid because they're having like a massive political conversation yeah, they're having they're having like a boardroom thing right I, and there's and this also is the episode that sort of introduces the idea of time travel but we don't really understand what it is yet because like it's it's very cleverly and subtly alluded to uh and i think that is very interesting so um i'm i'm pretty excited about this episode i really enjoyed it but strap in because a lot happens uh and it really should have been a two-parter and i keep saying that Anyway, previously on the X-Men. <laughs> we already did the previously. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, thank God you were kidding. I was like, are you fucking am shitting I? me, Ryan? I, know, I don't I'm pulling, know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a gambit here. Like, am I petite? Oh, that's am at the I? very end of the episode. Oh, shit. Spoilers. <gasps> spoilers. Right. Gambit says that line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Big spoilers, everyone. Gambit talks. Yep. He All talks right, a lot so in this episode. Anyway. He does. This is like first. This is Gambit's first major episode, and I love him. It's a really great introduction to him as a character and his personality, and like how he really—he's not always likable. He does some unpopular. Not. He makes some unpopular decisions. Yeah, in this I episode. mean, like it's him, and he knows how to survive, and he knows to help others survive, and he also like he well, swings around a lot. I know you're like ready to take off your pants for Gambit right now, but I think. I don't know. I really liked this episode for Jubilee and Storm. Gambit's kind of a dick in this episode. I agree. I I mean, I'm not saying that he's not a dick, but I think it's a good episode (laughs) for Gambit and who his character is. This is the episode where we learn that Gambit is actually kind of a dick. I mean, that's part of who he is. Yeah, but like he's a criminal and he's also a thief and he's also a spy. Like he's just an anti-hero. Okay, so anyway, let's let's talk. So we're going to. So the first thing we're going to talk about is how good this opening is because they 
the way that they animated it was almost like they were shooting it like for real like if they were shooting a cinematic movie yeah, opening yeah it's cool and it's it we get some shots of like the lights slowly come flickering to life we start seeing like the inside cells of a prison and this loud beeping buzzing noise and these terrifying soldiers like stomp down the halls and Jubilee wakes up. Like that's like one of her yeah, first thoughts. Her just cell, waking up in horror. And she's got this collar on and it's blinking and it's like, what the fuck is happening? Jubilee's kidnapped again on this freaking right. show. Right. So <laughs> then all these mutants are being released from their cells and being guided out by mm-hmm. these guards. And we're, I'll talk about who all these th- uh, cameras are in a second, but we over our way in the, is Jubilee. She's the first right. one we see. Right. And, then and then we, we see Storm pretty soon after that. So we've sure. got we've got our two women of color heroines here standing there in collars. There's I mean, it's also a pretty, like I, it's a pretty like very clearly demarcated image here. I think it seems like these mutants are random, but they're not. Yeah, uh, because we have this is also the first time we see Mystique and she has no yes. lines. And I think that is so weird. It by is the way. weird. I was and a I, weird I, choice. I wrote Mystique with like a like, thousand question marks. Like how would they capture her? She like camouflage. She could turn into anything. I mean, I don't know, but don't somehow know. Mystique got captured because this is like Mystique. And like what are they going to do with their powers? The she was like, doing? I mean, everybody's still young, I guess. And nobody oh knows who Mystique God. is yet. So she's I don't, still I, I don't understand like why she's there because like she can shapeshift but all these other characters have like they have powers that will help build things which is what the humans are making them do mm-hmm. and mystique can like change her form and i guess maybe she could become a hammer i don't fucking know like yeah maybe she could become like a really strong is that i don't think that works like even if she becomes something stronger she doesn't actually become stronger that's not no, how you're... her power works no it doesn't so so it, what the fuck is she doing there? I don't know. Looking blue. <laughs> Abadi, Abadai. I don't know. <laughs> I think the reason she's there is to foreshadow something that happens at the end of this episode, which is that this group of mutants ends up not agreeing with the X-Men and sort of like going their own way. I mean, and, I think you're right about that. And the fact that Mystique is there is sort of like a clue that like... You know, not everybody here is going to play nice with the X-Men. If you already know who Mystique is, which why would you? Because this is like the first time this TV show was on the air and a ton of people watching sure. it were not familiar with the comics I think, yet. You know what? That's a good point because also we have Pyro and yes. we have Avalanche we have and we have We have some classic Blob. like bad guys. On... Those are all part of Mystique's brotherhood yep. specifically. Yep. And then so... we have some other characters too. Like we have Richter who he's a weird choice, but he also kind of has like the same seismic powers that avalanche does and richter is also gay in the comic books although back then he wasn't out yet and mm-hmm. he's also part of uh like i believe x factor and we have feral we have thunderbird we have north star and aurora which this is the first time we ever see north star on screen he comes back uh and then we also have sunfire and caliban so essentially what we have are the brotherhood of mutants we have two out- openly gay characters from the x-men universe like they handpicked mutants that would be either bad guys or somebody that would be of minority, like who would be thrown into a concentration camp and also had the powers to do what they wanted them to do. Right. So, and I, I and so like I, the first time I saw this, I was like, oh, they were randomly picked. But like when I sat down I don't to write think them so, all down, because it's Mystique's Brotherhood and then all of these non-white characters or gay characters or right, exactly. Both. And so I think that's I think that's interesting. So. They're walking down the hall, and we have, on the loudspeaker, we have Mutants of Genosha. Mm -hmm. A new day begins. You have been brought here to build a new Genosha, a nation worthy of me, 
its leader. And so we don't know who this leader is. And we cut to this like slave camp where they're working and they're being forced to like build things. They're being forced to put together this massive dam. Yeah, for some we learn it's a dam. So this is weird. I was hoping you would know the answer to this, but I guess you don't. I so are they creating some sort of extension of the island that like dams up the water and that sort of protects them from I guess the ocean? Like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, why is there a dam there? Because it's not about the dam. Like, that's not what they're actually okay, building. Okay, but the dam is actually, like, doing something because there's water later. Well, yeah, sure. I don't know what they're trying to do specifically. I mean, I, 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 mean, I thought like, about I mean, like, in actual concentration camps, they basically just, like, invented reasons for prisoners to be there. And that's then- what I, I assumed because I, I figured that they invented a reason to have them be prisoner there, but also so it's like, like a useless be a dam. cover. Yeah, but it's also like covering up what they're really making them do. I think it might have something to do with the power, because that's a whole other subplot in this episode. Is like they are using too much power to power their the secret projects and the yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay, so, I mean, I think they really are building a functional dam, or at least they seem to be. It's just like I don't know why. But anyway, right. they're building a dam. Uh, Who cares? So, they, they, so anyway, <laughs> like the guard is t- explaining to their slaves how their collars work, which is saying that it suppresses their powers. Yep. They if you attack, also... we'll kill you. Oh yeah, no, it's like it's like battle royale where it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. if you try and take this off or try to rebel, we're gonna we're explode gonna kill you. the collars, and then your head will just blow up. So although they don't actually do that when storm decides to immediately attack <laughs> no but that's because gambit comes up with the up with the well, reason to... it's also because it's a kid's show so what I happens mean, is... i know that's the real reason but like in terms <laughs> of the writing they they found a way around that so i know but so what happens is storm hears this and they're like okay so we're gonna turn off these collars that suppress your powers so that you can use your powers to help us build the dam but if you attack yep. us we'll kill you and as soon as they turn off the collars, storm attacks and gambit <laughs> is like no don't do it and jubilee's like yeah fucking kill him storm because jubilee's, jubilee's like, also like great vacation gambit yeah she jubilee sarcastic the entire time is like some vacation she has She's a lot like of jokes about mad that. at gambit throughout this entire episode well this whole thing was gambit's idea and he's the one who's like let's not rebel guys let's just play <laughs> along with this um so storm rises up into the air and starts shooting lightning and and you know thunderclaps at everybody and um then a sentinel comes and grabs okay. her hold on though this sentinel Listen, this massive sentinel literally like emerges from this tiny stream of water. Yeah. It's like completely unbelievable because then he like steps up and he like well, it's the stands ocean. on top of it. I don't I don't It understand. was like this insane sequence where like there was a tiny stream of water and he rised up from it and then like Storm had already landed it and in it and it was like ankle deep. There's so. also like a ton of rocks on the beach that she like almost falls into because while she's flying through the air, they use the color to turn off her powers and right, suddenly and she can't use them. So she's falling the... because she can't use the air to fly anymore. Um, yep. And so she's falling to her death and then the sentinel grabs her and they're like, we're going to use the sentinel to kill you instead of the collar thing we talked about. Don't ask us why. Oh, I know. Gamma <laughs> has a great line there where like, the sentinels rising from the stream where he's like there's always more gators in the bayou 
I mean, I guess that's a great line, but I was like, Gambit, what does that even mean? Like, I don't know. So Storm's unconscious of being dangled by like the sentinel tentacles. And mm-hmm. Jubilee wants to save her again. And Gambit's like, be quiet for once. Yeah. And he's tr- he's like, play along. I know. And then Trask shows up and he's got yeah. his hand on his hip and all gaily. He's like, the leader has promised to release you mutants once when this dam is built. But if you try to escape, My you will never new leave Genosha. Boyfriend promised. I, <laughs> I mean, he really sort of was like that. I was like, wow. I thought I was making this up in the last time we saw Trask and Gyrick together, but Trask is like sassily walking up, swaying well, his hands. Trask He's like, and Gyrick are still dating. Don't worry, guys. Gyrick will come back. But Trask um, is just like, don't leave the island, or else you're never going to be able to leave forever. And I was like, okay. Calm down, Trask. <laughs> For the record, listeners, we characterize everyone on this show as gay, not just the villains. Oh, no. Everybody's <laughs> gay. Because, I mean, aren't they? Everybody's I, gay. I think so. Anyway, so, so Jubilee Gambit... tells Gambit that it's one of the mutant registration guys because yes, she identifies she him. She recognizes Trask, basically, and gives the audience a quick recap about the fact that he's the one who kidnapped her way back in episode one of the Right, show. so Jubilee knows that, like, they're probably going to take her and torture her, and of course Jubilee doesn't want anybody to experience what she experienced because she's course. got like fucking ptsd from it but also she recognizes everything that's happening because she knows what the sentinels look like she's like wait what the hell's happening and gambit is like i guess they moved south and like went overseas like we thought they did you know yep and and so trask is saying to go kill storm yep. and this is then this is where we have like a bit of exchange where gambit says you don't, you know, don't what know what she, she could can do. do. Yeah. And Storm's like, <laughs> Storm has like an education line here where she's yeah, like, Gambit, she's like, no, knowledge is power. Yeah, knowledge is power. But what she means by that is if they know what her powers are, they can use them against her. It's why she didn't tell them. So, All right. I mean, I was like, I get it, Storm. Like, Gambit is kind of selling you out here, or at least appearing to, but it's his way of trying to get them out of this because he knows Storm will just die. And classic Storm, she's like, whatever, I'll just die for this. I'll just die for the cause again oh, because this, I'm she, Storm. She, oh my gosh, she does I that like three times wish. this episode. Yeah, so she doesn't die. Instead, they're the. Um, trask i think is the one who's like oh we could use that actually that's like a really helpful power so just put her in a tiny box i know <laughs> and this is solitary the... confinement oh my god they throw her inside like a school a locker, locker essentially yeah and she starts screaming she's like she's no, claustrophobic which has been well established no, let me out let me yeah, out she she's like having screaming. a panic attack I know, yeah. it's like pretty sad. It's super then, fucking intense. And Jubilee is like, I can't remember if this is the next Well, scene. yeah, so Jubilee and Gambit are put to work. And Ju- I don't even understand what the fuck they're doing here. They're like moving a rope. I don't know. I don't fucking know. And Jubilee <laughs> is like, I'm so worried about Storm. She's claustrophobic and she's in this tiny box. And Gambit is like, she's alive, petite. And Jubilee's like, I'm still worried about her, you dick. And Gambit's I know. like, I don't care. We're I know. doing Jubilee's shit also my like- way. <laughs> <laughs> Jubilee's also like, the ad said fun in the sun. Let me know when the fun starts. Yeah, <laughs> Gambit just like ignores her and is like, and then whatever. Blob like shows up and like yells at Gambit. He's like, "Put your weight into it, pretty boy!" And like throws like a <laughs> massive, huge like pillar of metal at him. Yeah, the the mutants are uh, in fighting a little bit. Um, and also Sunfire is randomly like burning some cement and like there's just a bunch of shots of like the mutants using their powers yeah, they're to just build being the like put to work. And then suddenly there's a huge explosion in the forest and everyone's like the fuck was that and like literally all the guards like turn their attention to that and the like most of the guards go running after it into the explosion and they they've they've identified this as it's him again and they just like run off Mm -hmm. and during this moment 
Jubilee like takes a piece of wire, I think. I don't yes. really know. It's like it's like a, a tiny piece of something they were working with while they're not looking and she sli- slips it into her glove. Yeah. I, I'm glad that they let them keep their costumes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I know, right? Like Jubilee still gets to wear her fucking huge raincoat. Yeah, because like, she can't right. hide anything in there. I mean, some of them have costumes that are like specific to their powers, so I guess that makes sense, but I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. fucking know. So then the speaker says, the loudspeaker sorry it says i've decided that there's no more work for today remember leader loves you which is all like weird and like joining a cult like it's so fucking weird yeah so everybody is sent back to their cells and then we cut back to the x-men where cyclops is calling genosha i don't know what he's calling like is he calling the city of genosha i think he's trying to call the hotel and like get connected he's just like genosha is not answering i'm like cyclops you can't call a country like that's not a thing you can do yeah he's (laughs) like i'm not gonna buy any stock in genosha phone companies and i was like okay like what are you even I know. saying oh and my god he turns and around like, and gene and rogue are like both pinup models like i know i like lounging like, super sexily at, at the conference room table I know, and i was Jean's like what's like, happening i don't know gene's just like dude calm down like yeah, storm's they're got both this like, she... relax it's fine storm's got this which normally she would but this is a way more complicated situation than they thought i know and then and then Wolverine just <laughs> saunters in, and then he poses like a pinup model. In the <laughs> yeah, in the, sa- in the same way that Gina Rogue yes. are also posing. Yeah, <laughs> and he's got his hand behind his and head, he's and like, like, "Hey, I'm back." And he's wearing a bikini, and it's really <laughs> he's hot. He's not. He's wearing his costume, but no, he still it, looks great. He's still like I, flexing oh and standing there and being like, "Hey, everybody." It's me, Wolverine. And Jean is like, oh my God, Logan, you're back. Where I know, were pretty you? Much. We were so worried. And Logan is like, <coughs> I got a cold. <laughs> <laughs> I also love how Rogue's like, whoa, look what the cat brought back in. Like, Yeah, they're all like, also, doing their thing. I just love that Wolverine comes back. He's like gotten a cold, even though he has a healing factor. You know what? The show is really inconsistent. I with, thought like, that was just him joking, but I don't know. Who the... F- I don't know. Because anyway. he doesn't really have a cold. Like... I thought he was fucking around, but it's it's extremely unclear and it's stupid because it's like a one line explanation for where right. he was, which Pretty doesn't much. matter. It, it doesn't matter. It's a one line explanation that explains where he was, but it doesn't. And then that that's the last thing he does in this entire episode. So I don't even know it's why they bothered making him come the back. The last thing that happens. There's no, you're right. Later he growls and pops his claws. Yep. <laughs> it's really stupid. It sure is. But right, he's so, back, folks. Wolverine oh well, back. thank God because Wolverine needs to get and get into my bed yep that's Call the only reason he came back anyway yeah, he, he knows that Jubilee. i run the bad lab now yeah back to the genosha and it's the middle of the night and there's like a power shortage for a second and jubilee is like some power company is screwing this up and then jubilee has this great line and she's like but that doesn't matter because like jubilee x lady supreme can handle this and she yeah. like pulls out the wire and she picks the lock on her door right. and she gets right on out and heads over oh, I to know. gambit it's awesome. And, and so then she she walks up to Gambit and she's like, hey, let's get out of here and revolt. I think we can steal those caller remotes and, and get control of our callers. I know which guy has the remote. It's going to be super easy. And Gambit is like, nope. <laughs> I know. I See, Gambit just like doesn't explain this, which I don't understand why. Like, Well, I don't know. I mean, I think this is illustrating the kind of character that Gambit is because... 
Gambit doesn't want to openly rebel and risk his life. He instead chooses to be very, very emotionally manipulative for this entire episode. And that's the way that Gambit plays things. He's sneaky and crafty and he lies to his friends sometimes. And like, that's just who he is. And he doesn't really trust Jubilee to be able to keep up with him and what he wants to do. So he's like... Nope, and he's completely discouraging of her, and he's he like, doesn't even say "Why don't you try plan? to go get everybody else to rebel? I'm not. I'm just gonna stay in my cell." But but they like you; they'll do it. But I think right. he knows they won't, because then she tries and is, gets tries to get like more support from everybody, and everybody else is also like, "No way, we we got to keep our yeah, heads seriously, down." Yeah, seriously, like yeah, Blob's like, "Go to bed, kid." Like yeah. they just are all like, they're they they do not want to rebel because they don't want anything to happen to them because they're already exactly. like worried that they might die because they have like the battle royale collars on their exactly. necks. Exactly, and they've been there longer than Jubilee and Gambit have. But also, Gambit has like experienced the prison industrial complex before. I, I know, <laughs> so right? So Jubilee is the kid who is like, I can get out of anything. I know how to lockpick. I've like lived in a mall or whatever. Not in this series, <laughs> but you know, I mean, like, I that's love kind that of part she's of like character. the only character in this she's whole. she's kind of like an artful dodger type you know yeah but she's like she's interesting because she's just trying to get everybody's morale up and everybody's like no we're just gonna accept our fates and she's like fuck this like you know young and naive and hopeful and like that is good in some ways but it's also not the only way to survive the situation i mean there's kind of like different ways to survive and gambit has one idea and Jubilee has another and idea. And he's just not sharing it. And he's Jubilee's not. sharing her idea. And he's not. But Jubilee cannot do her idea without everybody else's help. So right. but she's kind of fucked no. for now. And eventually she's just like, all right, I guess I'll go back to my room. Well, the lights are coming back on. So she sort of has to. And she just narrowly misses like every, the power coming back yeah. and closing her closing the door. Uh, so then we go back to the X-Mansion. And they're all still standing there being like, you know, it actually is a little weird, like, that they <laughs> that haven't called or anything. Anybody that we know that we sent on this mission. Right, right. It's a and they're a little weird. And so they go over to Xavier and they're like, um, you know, <laughs> maybe we should go to Genosha and like Xavier is just fucking there, like, masturbating to pictures of Magneto. <laughs> I don't know. And he's like, he turns around and he goes, Well, you all can go. I've got some things to do he literally says i have some things i have to do yeah they're like all right bye i guess i'm like i'm sitting there like god what an asshole you just sent the rest of your x-men to like potentially die again and you didn't care he he also was like i mean cyclops you said yourself that genosha probably wasn't a real mission and like yeah but also yeah but now it's obviously an alarming situation god he's so bad responding at all if you just got on fucking cerebro again he could just uh, easily identify that there's a bunch of mutants that are being to held be captive fair, though he has things to oh do. you mean calling his like ex-girlfriend Wyatt that is Factor. what he does guys that is what happens the, he I, calls this is so ridiculous this Moira is his, McTaggart. oh my god Every, he just is calling like all of his exes he's calling magneto he's calling he's Mar- moira that's all he's done in this whole fucking magneto show and moira alternately yeah and, they all leave and just a bunch of alcohol falls up from his wheelchair <laughs> I don't fucking know what his problem is. But anyway, he calls Moira McTaggart. We don't get to hear from her, but we just like, you know, we hear a receptionist being like, Muir Ireland Mutant Research Center. 
And that's yep. where that's her. She founded it. So then we see a shot of the the plane flying off. So I guess Xavier I just did, did even notice that they left. I, don't I know. know. I I was like, so is he just talking to Moira on the phone? Like, what's happening in there? I don't. What's I don't he know. Doing? He's just like doing something else. And so we cut back to Genosha instead, uh, where Jubilee wakes up and Gambit's gone. And Sunfire's like, they took him in the middle of the night. Yeah. And Jubilee's like, okay. So she thinks that they killed Gambit. Like that's what she thinks. And so, but she's still not going to stop. So when they get outside, she's like, all right, now. And she jumps the guard and then everybody else tries to fight. When the other mutants, yeah, when the other mutants are like, after they see Gambit was kidnapped, they decide to be with Jubilee, actually. One of them does. I can't remember which one, but but he's like. I think it's Sunfire. Maybe. And Sunfire's like, okay, we're going to work with you, Jubilee. So just tell us when and we'll all attack. And then they do. Right, right, right. And, you know, and then Jubilee does get her hands on the control and she pushes the button, but nothing happens. And so they're all, all the mutants are just immediately taken down and they're like, they're like, it ends up in a box. Right. And as they're standing there, they're like, one of their own told us about the plan, a mutant. And Jubilee immediately identifies it had to be Gambit. Yeah, yeah, And Jubilee doesn't want to believe that. And but so that's she's... exactly what these bad guys are telling them. He says, we've apprehended the leader of the rebellion. They're referring to Jubilee here. And right. we were warned by one of their own kind, a mutant. And I, I mean, I guess they're partly saying that to fuck with Jubilee because they're about to put her in a box, a little box next to Storm. And so they're like freaking her out, being like, your friend betrayed you, idiot. And she's she's really upset. Yeah. Um, and it, so she I mean, ends up is. in this box next to Storm and they can talk to each other right and there's a there's a really sad conversation here it's it's some very good dialogue though it's very well animated it's good dialogue where storm's like don't be afraid child i will make a small storm when the sun rises which she can't even tell when it's like you know night or yeah so she seems kind of like delirious here or at least that's how i interpret right right yeah no that's how i interpret it too and jubilee's like don't storm you know you don't have the power and storm's just like now sobbing and she's like gambit will save us and jubilee doesn't even respond because she yeah, knows she, what just jubilee happened Jubilee just starts crying also silently yeah it's because like so fucking sad you guys it really is and it's the same guy that wrote the morph death episode like this this guy like apparently wrote some really fucking dark shit yeah so jeez. uh so then cut to a like nazi limo <laughs> driving up to like this slave encampment and then it cuts to trask who's like blatantly flirting with Gyrick. <laughs> I know. Because he's he's literally like, isn't it beautiful, baby? <laughs> and Gyrick is I like, I call it guess. Master Mold. And then it cuts to a picture of like a really stupid looking giant sentinel with like yeah. a giant like brain on its head. Yep. And it's like giving birth to other sentinels. It's and it's pretty weird, guys. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's it called is, Master Mold. This is how the X-Men roll. And that's why I think it's relevant to the mutants because I think the dam is like supporting the energy here. Because yeah, they have yeah. This whole Maybe they're using the water for energy right. or something. Right. But or we don't like know. Whatever the pieces they're building, because they're building stuff for the dam allegedly. But the the mutants don't know that they're building pieces to be used on this master pole that which kills mutants. So they are basically yeah, they're using basically the like supporting to... this sentinel creation. Right. Yeah. So the mutants don't know that they are 
enslaved to create the thing that's going to kill them, which is fucked up. And they're also clearly fucked based on this situation. Like, I remember when the mutants are arguing with with Jubilee in the cells earlier in this episode, one of them is like, we were told that after we finish our work, we're allowed to go free. So I'm just going to keep my head down and keep working. But like, there's no fucking way that's true, dude. They're just going to keep you here and kill you. Sentinels here ready to like destroy all of you. Plus you're wearing collars that will blow up. Like, come on. So then, uh, Gyrick says to Trask some stuff about the power, and then we hear a voice be like, too much power, Dr. Trask. You knocked out half of Genosha last night. And then mm-hmm. the leader comes in. Who the we, leader. Who used to be the ref- colonel, but now he's the leader. Yeah, they now he's the leader. That. And he's accompanied by Cameron Hodge, who we've seen in previous episodes, defending Beast as his lawyer. And this is where Cameron and Hodge is clearly becoming a super shady character yeah because he doesn't i mean i guess he's still a lawyer but here he introduces himself as a development advisor for genosha so we would just have to have a really fucking good memory to figure out that it's the same cameron hodge because he doesn't spell i mean come on i didn't even remember that cameron hodge was in this series remember when he appeared and i was like that's cameron hodge i don't even remember him being in this and Uh, somebody actually tweeted at me after that somebody tweeted at at both of us i think to be like you idiots he's like in a bunch of other episodes (laughs) but whatever guys listen this show is kind of weird and it moves really fast and it's really easy to just kind of compartmentalize it as like good guys bad guys and not necessarily like pay attention to who's who you know yeah 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 uh so anyway the leader shows up with cameron hodge and trask is saying the sentinels will be able to hunt down any mutant ever which i thought that's what they could already do but i guess they're building in sensors where they can just go rogue and like have ai that like right. gives them self-consciousness Basically, they're just becoming know. even more intelligent which is terrifying i mean the right. sentinels we saw before were pretty fucking stupid right so, and that's like, part of like the funny. days of future past story whereas like the sentinels yeah. become self-aware just kill everyone it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're a mutant or not you're right and so anyway uh trask is like we will let the slaves try to break free or sorry trask says that they tried to let the slaves break free to like break their spirit like they they knew that they were trying to break free and they were essentially manipulating it so they would think that they were breaking free and then they would just like come in and stop them right right which is why the remote that jubilee stole didn't work etc et exactly and so and then he goes you should have seen their faces when they found out who betrayed them he calls himself gabbit and then gabbit like dramatically like saunters into, into the, the room out of the shadows like lighting very cool shot it's actually neat it's neat right there's like this whole conversation between garrick and gambit that i like because it's like it's I, interesting I it's interesting because it's one of those those pieces of gambit where he's obviously manipulating the other person but, but there's like, like a grain of truth to it too for right him. exactly because like he's not a good guy so so basically gyrick is like tell me where the x-men are based because he figured out he's like i know you're part of the freedom fighters that were at the mall we saw you i know you're with them and gambit's like i don't think so because if i tell you where they are that means you don't need me anymore yeah he's like i'm not gonna give up any information to you because then you'll just kill me all right and so... he's like how about i show you where they are and garrick's like okay fair point so but, but he's like, also why like should why, I trust would, you? why would you betray your friends and for this i wrote down gamut's line which is they don't like me or trust me they're just using me like you I, and i think that's i think that's gambit telling you the truth right i there. think so too which is really interesting yeah i and you know like this is this is why Gambit's such a weird and interesting character is that For he's sure. like 
because not- he kind of doesn't he's an outsider and he doesn't really fully see himself as part of the X-Men. And we've already seen that tension and he's ignored Storm's orders and the Cyclops' orders and like pushed back against that. He doesn't like authority. He kind of works alone. He's sort of like a weirdo criminal. (laughs) I I mean, mean, he's a dick. (laughs) Whenever we get to X-Men Evolution and Wolverine and the X-Men, he has two highlight episodes and those series as well where he's just as manipulative as he is here if not worse yeah uh, you know he's charming and he's like somebody that like everybody wants to bone because he's just so charming and slick with his ton in all ways and above <laughs> yeah but, but he also but, is kind of not necessarily part of the x-men or at least doesn't really see him that himself that way and i think the reason this lie is so effective is because it's not really a lie like i the, think the I, bad no, guys I, believe him because exactly he and be this is the around the here. time in the 90s where gambit was also in the comics he had been like they had figured out his criminal history and who he really was after mm-hmm. he'd been for the x-men for a while and rogue like and the x-men literally like dumped him in the antarctic to die there so like he's he has some serious issues like with everyone like yep. he just you and know this he, is kind of how they're playing that out on a kid's show is right and he, he knows how to survive essentially edges, but he's still betraying everybody here it's also a reason why him and Wolverine like butt fuck a lot is because they're both like nobody understands what it's like to be an outsider, and so like they stick their dicks in each other. That's how yeah, it goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I mean that's a good pairing. Although it doesn't oh, yeah, get yeah, any yeah. action in this episode, but yeah. No, no, of course not. Wolverine doesn't do anything actually. So, so they agree and they take him back to prison. So until they're ready to figure out like how to get to the x-mansion i guess because yeah gonna... yeah yeah they're gonna take him in a little car and he's right, gonna like, direct them to the x-mansion i i guess like gambit <laughs> could lead them literally anywhere so I know. as he's being transported <laughs> this made me laugh so hard i know because gambit gambit's goes... in a little car with all these guards by the way the guards are dressed like fucking idiots we haven't they're, even they're mentioned they're like basically that yet. robocop and they it's like look this like hover... robocop crossed with like ant-man because they're all wearing these <laughs> idiotic helmets I right. don't know it's, why. It's more like, I was going to say more like Halo. Um, oh, kind of. They look, it's, but they're, it's like green and yellow and silver, but like oh lime green because it's, it was You know 90s? what it's like? It's like those off-brand toys that are like supposed to be like knockoffs of like an actual brand. I mean, they don't look intimidating at all. Oh, and some of them they are They look like knockoff G.I. Joe's essentially. And then, yeah. and they're in this like floating hover convertible <laughs> yeah, like which is like a future not, car which i don't is like, know how why they get that? i don't know i guess so, trask is occasionally building hover cars and like i mean why people... is he building that for everyone is the real question I that would make know. more he money than fucking so sentinels money. i don't because know trask is like tony stark if tony stark was a fucking idiot like yeah pretty much pretty much i that would be a good story i'd 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 read like iron man versus trask that'd be I, interesting i'm actually yeah has that ever happened? <laughs> I probably, but I don't. We I don't should think. look into it because I feel like that's a good idea. But that's anyway. also not an X Men story. No. Um, so basically, Gambit pulls out a deck of cards because again, nobody <laughs> checked them. Like they could have fucking guns on them, and they don't know because Gambit's sitting there wearing his coat and pulls out a deck of cards, and they're like, "Oh, he can have those." And he literally goes, "You want to see a card trick?" And he doesn't even do anything; he just throws all the cards, <laughs> the cards up, in the up into the air, <laughs> and they fly around. Everyone's like, looks up at the. Well, he doesn't have his powers, so he can't actually energize the cards or anything. No, but it's so funny because, like, literally everybody has the same reaction I did, which is they all look up and they're like, "The 
fuck? <laughs> and he takes advantage of their confusion by leaping out of the car and rolling down the street. Well, he also, um, like, gut punches them, too. Yes. So. He escapes, guys. He uses this card trick to escape, <laughs> even though he doesn't have his powers, which is actually pretty clever. It's like... It's just like throwing some playing cards everywhere, like 52 pickup, but like also driving quickly away. Yeah, yeah. Although they, yeah. So anyway, he he's not driving away. He leaps out of the car. Right. He's so then suddenly, on the road. suddenly something shoots the car and it just explodes and everybody inside of it dies because Gambit is, except for Gambit, who's rolled away. And yeah. Gambit sees a, a, like a gun. I don't know if it's like one of the guards guns roll in front of him and Gambit's like the fuck and he's like whatever I'm gonna grab this gun and he goes to grab it and suddenly a boot lands in it a Mm -hmm. familiar yellow boot so familiar in fact I forgot this character was in this episode I know Gambit looks up Cable I know (laughs) I I texted Maddie when I was watching it because I watched it before her and I was like oh my god I know who the spotlight X-Men is gonna be because I wasn't sure I was like, do I pick one of these random fucking There's mutants? like 600 characters in this. It could have been anyone. Oh, right, but then Cable shows up and suddenly becomes like the main point of the story. And I'm like, no, this is I a forgot Cable episode he was here. from here on. So, so that's a whole thing that happens. And Cable's like, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm looking for the one they call the leader. And Gambit's like, well, just like follow all the slaves and you'll find him. And Gambit's also like, who are you? And Cable's like, the wild man of Borneo. And I looked that up and no one knows why the fuck he says this. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even a quote from like an 80s film it's or apparently something. apparently not, or at least not that I could find. Um, Borneo is like an island off the coast of Asia. And like the description that I found on the wiki was like, no one knows if Cable's ever been there. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it might be a reference to something, but I don't know what. So oh if my anyone God. does know, then let us know at the Mutant Ages at <laughs> yeah, send us an email. The X Men the animated series wiki didn't know. If the internet doesn't know, then who the fuck does? I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll Google it again just to be sure. Maybe All right, I, well, I didn't. It didn't occur to me that maybe it was um, a quote from a movie. I maybe. Well, that's what I assumed. It was something oh, like apparently that. Apparently, it's a reference. What the fuck? Okay, apparently it's a reference to like a Barnum Circus act. Okay, that's even more bizarre and even it is, like but more i wonder if it's supposed to be like a reference to the way that mutants are treated as like you know a freak show and like the way that they're i think maybe that's what it's supposed to be oh. he's kind of like making a joke about how he's a mutant but he's making a joke about how you like join the circus it's i don't a fucking, fucking know. dark joke Was because in there i don't know like I'm... based on this wikipedia entry that i'm skimming it seems like a pretty grim bit of humor cable <laughs> well, i mean cable is a pretty grim character but yeah. we'll get to that later so basically cable's like anyway see you around again it's like wait everybody's enslaved there all the mutants are you gonna help us you're clearly a mutant or something like you just appeared he and we should mention that cable has like a metal arm and a metal leg and he's covered in all this weird tech that nobody's ever seen before um which is sort of alluding to the idea that he's not from the same time as Gambit. Yeah. And also his weapons are like something that nobody's ever seen. Like he has a weapon that shoots a car and charges a car. So the whole thing blows up like, you know, one of Gambit's cars and Cable just hands Gambit a key. He's like, anyway, I found this on a guard. Use it if you need to. And Gambit's like, all right. He unlocks himself. <laughs> he turns around and Cable's like fucking gone. Yeah. But like, he's not really gone because Cable just is like, had moved over a few feet and was like behind a tree. <laughs> 
<laughs> because like I you have this moment that. so like cable too. basically hands gambit this little usb drive which he touches to call his collar and it instantly unlocks the collar don't ask me how gambit knew that would work by the way because cable doesn't tell him and then in that one second period cable leaps behind a tree and gambit doesn't see it and it's the funniest fucking oh thing. my god it's so funny because it's like you know how batman disappears you think it's like that but like Maybe that's what Batman does. He just moves a few steps, like, out of eyesight. And everyone's like, oh, he's gone. Like, I mean, you know. that's, it's really, really funny. Anyway. anyway so <laughs> Cable basically says he's going to kill the leader. And Gambit runs back to the slave, the slave, blah, 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 the enslavement camp. You can cut out all of me being an idiot if you feel like it. Or not. <laughs> uh, and so, anyway, Jubilee's still in the box. And she's sitting there, like, sweating pervasively. And she's like, I always thought I wanted Asana, but... Yeah, yeah, Jubilee's still the jokester, keeping her spirits up. I mean, seriously, I love Jubilee. And then Gambit, like, comes and charges the door and explodes and she lets her out. Before that, there's a bit of a boardroom exposition scene with the bad guys who are all hanging out in a boardroom together and talking about Cable. Did we already do this? No, no, that's after the scene. Well, those things are intercut with each other, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Well, so... Basically, Gamb- Gambit frees him, and Storm says, I know you'd come save us, Gambit. And Jubilee's like, what the fuck? No, I didn't know that, because yeah, you're a jerk, you and you didn't us, tell me. Asshole. Yeah. yeah, and Gambit just picks her up, and they, like, run away, and Gambit, yeah. like, blows a hole in the wall, and, like, instead of, like, explaining to Jubilee or apologizing for anything he did, he just, like, makes a comment about how she's fat. I know. I hated that. Well, also so did Jubilee, though. So, like, you know, whatever. She screams, I hate you. And I was like, I'm with you, Jubilee. Gambit is an asshole. I think it was intentionally written for Gambit to just show up and, like, not apologize and then say something really offensively mean to Jubilee. Because I mean, what he technically says to her, he says something like, man, for somebody who sweats so much, you sure are heavy. Which I guess could also be a joke about the fact that she's wearing a full raincoat for some (laughs) fucking reason. They should even take it off when she was in that cell yeah so it is a joke about how much she weighs but it's not necessarily about her physical appearance it's so weird though (laughs) it's it's a weird uh, comment but it is like it's supposed to make gambit seem like a dick because like if it was intentionally written to be like a joke like a really mean joke on somebody's weight they wouldn't have the comment afterwards or jubilee's like fuck you you know what i mean like yeah 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 i mean we're supposed to be on jubilee's side here especially even at the end of the episode like gambit doesn't fully get a redemption arc here but we know that. that's and that's why i like him in this episode because it, it i like him because he's very much in the gray area and this is one of those situations where he does that so now we cut back to the boardroom reading between Trask Gyrick, Cameron Hodge, and the mysterious leader, where they're yep. talking about the collars. By and... the way, the leader is wearing an insane outfit. Oh, like... yeah. I guess we should point out that the leader is dressed like a Final Fantasy character for some reason. <laughs> like, like, he's like got a wizard. All three of the other bad guys are just wearing normal suits and ties, and the leader is wearing like a rough and like a weird cape. Yeah, he's and like wearing like a magician's and... robe and like. And he has like long hair and just like looks like an idiot. And it's, it's like, like, who is this asshole? Like, I why? I don't know. And he's like, he can't even be from the future because he looks like he came from, like, thousands of years in the past. I mean, I, I don't, don't know. And so, anyway, they're talking about how the collars were designed by somebody in Scotland, which I guess ties back to Xavier calling Weir Island in Scotland. Or- yeah, but 
that's a pretty big fucking coincidence, Professor X. If the I know. next episode is about how Professor X secretly knew all along and was like helping them, I'm gonna be so annoyed. But whatever. I mean, probably because that's Xavier's probably a what dickhead. happens. But what he just needs to die already. So, but then they're talking <laughs> about like payments and like you know, should the leader? I guess what that's what Cameron Hodge is there for. He's like negotiating what they're gonna get paid if they go and kill cable yeah because like the guys like down some of this they're basically just like giving us some exposition about who cable is and how he's mysterious and cable lives by his code but he will not live long is one of the lines right down. and the leader's like if you kill him like we'll pay you i guess guyer can trask a ton of money or but then they're also talking about trading sentinels it's insane like this whole negotiation is really bad and cameron hodge is bad at doing his job essentially but it doesn't even get to finish we don't need to worry about it because cable shoots the table and smashes in through the window and like everyone just starts screaming and running away and like that's how that ends and be well we get like a shot of master bowl just like giving birth to another sentinel and then it cuts back to storm Yep. This is where Storm is like getting her revenge on the Robocop yeah, guards. She's like shooting them great. down. This Finally, is a great we scene. get to see Storm killing everybody. Yeah, she's literally <laughs> killing everybody with lightning bolts. And Gambit's is, killing and people with it. like. Yeah, Gambit picks up like a bunch of screws and charges them and throws them at some guards, killing them. And then another one goes to shoot Gambit. And then Jubilee appears and kills that guard. It's like. It's fucking good. And Jubilee, in the mix of it all, manages to get a remote finally and, yeah. like, freeze, freeze all everyone. the mutants instantly. And that was when I wrote down, it's cool how much the women get to actually do on this show. I mean, that's true. Because, like, any other show, I feel like, wouldn't have actually given Jubilee and Storm that much to You're do. 100% but they are, like, right. leading the charge in this fight. Like, Storm is fucking killing people. It's not even just this episode. And I'm thinking about when I had that, when I was talking to one of the creators of the series when they because i was asking them remember about yeah, are yeah, Rogue yeah. And Storm we supposed them on to be Twitter. dating <laughs> i know it's like i'm like are they supposed and to be they dating actually and, got back to us guys and, and they were like no because it was already radical enough that we had four like female heroes that were all just like really good friends and they didn't like which have is cat true fights. and it's awesome and they also intentionally wrote it so like the women in the show were like the stronger warriors and they they were it, you know in the at point in all these missions where characters like wolverine gambit it's just Beast, really and fucking cyclops cool. were just like the more emotional ones so we have i mean that's awesome though because like having male characters who are actually emotional and like care about other characters is also radical even today it would be but right. anyway i just think it's fucking cool because we live in a world where like the avengers is just has scarlett johansson and like she barely gets to do anything in those movies and i like, know or they have scarlett the witch who like and scarlett witch have been completely fucked over and i don't know i mean like i know marvel movies are great but like they are not as good as this show is. no they, they are even in the x-men <laughs> in, in when it comes to female representation at least even even the x-men movies there's never been a movie that's I been know. that has even put any of the female characters remotely close to being like cool except for maybe yukio and the wolverine but like in every other iteration of the x-men films like they've been there but like storm doesn't do a whole lot rogue doesn't and i guess you could argue that mystique sort of does and the 
you know, in the prequels. The modern movies, they've kind of tried to change that, but like this Not show really. Just... They still didn't do a good job with it, like in the past oh my few movies. God. I don't want to derail this entire show by talking about this, but it was really, really cool to see Storm and Jubilee getting so much to do because they didn't get to fucking do anything in X-Men Apocalypse, no, they... guys. Those two characters were in that movie, and guess what they didn't get to do? They didn't get to steal a remote and free mutants, and they didn't get they to kill people with lightning bolts. They barely got to be on bolts. screen. Like, Jubilee was literally cut for most of the movie. I know, like, and on. Storm barely got any lines, and she's so fucking cool, guys. Nobody yeah, even and knows. Alexandra Ship is a great actress. All right, we can't talk. We can save this for whenever we watch X Men Apocalypse on this show. Whatever. Right. I'm just pointing out that I thought that was awesome. Anyway, yeah, it it, it, it is great. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then for some reason, after Storm has killed all these guards, Blob picks up a guard and is like, "I'm going to throw him off the kill- cliff, kill him." And Storm's like, "Don't hurt him!" I'm like, "Storm, you already killed like ten people like in the past ten seconds. She said Why do you suddenly care?" She was like, "Wait a second, I just realized we killed a lot of people. Maybe we should stop." <laughs> and so, so she does save that one guard for some reason by creating a magical cloud that picks him up and like carries him safely to the ground and then like he like still gets knocked out anyway uh and then meanwhile jubilee's talking to the other mutants again trying to get them to rebel and they're like no we trusted you before and that like yeah didn't like work now that out. they're finally free all the other mutants have sort of decided that they don't trust the x-men or at least they don't trust jubilee and storm and gambit because right, they're kind of s- like we're gonna go do our own thing bye right, but then storm and gambit come over they're like no you, you should work together because they're creating they've been tricking us into creating these like uh robot killers that like hunts down mutants specifically and they're like wait what all right we'll trust you and i'm like well i don't know why you're trusting gambit now since he thought he betrayed you earlier but whatever so they decide that they're gonna like help each other out and like you know get out of there and they're gonna free themselves once when they realize what the sentinels are capable of they're like okay we're gonna go destroy those two and then meanwhile garrick is like you know what we gotta go back to washington and trask is like but you, he's like, Gyrick, you're not going to abandon me, are you, baby? Like, yeah, they have... I wrote, Gyrick is trying to leave his boyfriend again. I feel like Gyrick is in, like, a toxic relationship here where he keeps trying to be like, can we please just go legit and make hover cars, honey? And Trask is like, no! We have to keep trying to kill mutants systematically. <laughs> I refuse to actually get a real job. <laughs> and Gyrick, like, can't seem to get out of there. Anyway. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Oh my god! So they decide to go back, but it it doesn't even matter because like that's cable like a two shows second up, scene. Yeah, because right, cable, cable bursts shows back up into again, the room. and he like blows up some more sentinels, except for the master ball. But uh, he's really then, after the colonel. Oh right, he calls and the colonel. Yeah, and he's chasing him into a room, and the leader hears him coming. He's like, "The other way, you fools!" And so leader runs away, and then cable runs at the room, and cable's like, "Remember me, colonel!" But before yeah. anything can happen, the colonel like shoots the ceiling. And that, no, he doesn't shoot the By ceiling. By the way, I'm sorry. the colonel and the leader are the same guy. I mean, we've. I don't understand who he is, and I tried to find out, but but I can't like they do, it they out. don't explain it in this episode or ever on the animated series. And as Cable was passing the Master Bolt, Master Bolt like gave birth out of his like robot vagina to like another weird sentinel, like that looked yeah. super like half made, and that sentinel went crazy and chases 
cable into the same room as the leader and shoots the ceiling and then like a bunch of shit falls out of like it keeps on going and i can't even tell what any of it is it's just like this lawn animation of like you know a toilet falls down from the second story and i'm like what the hell is happening a bunch of toys fall <laughs> yeah pretty happens. much it's like one of my stop animations from when i was 13 figures are falling off of a coffee table yeah you know like when you film something when you're younger and you're like here's wolverine and you just like throw it at like at a bookcase and then everything falls off the bookcase it was yeah, like except that. it's cable instead of wolverine in this case but yeah yeah <laughs> it's exactly so, like that so meanwhile during that storm is on top of the dam and she's creating yes. this massive terrifying storm and jube's like storm you're not powerful enough, powerful enough to be doing so this so what i think she's doing is making it rain enough that the water rises over the dam and destroys it i yeah. guess I she doesn't I, say that but she's but like like there's also like lightning and strong yes, wind it's yeah out of she's control. trying to destroy the dam they built by basically but she's really weak at this point right um, and storm's like leave me to be and and gambit's like come on petite we need to leave her alone she was like why and storm's <laughs> like and storm goes i summon the full power of the storm it's pretty fucking epic guys she yeah, destroys then, the dam everything crumbles and crashes but she is also weak and she's collapsing i know because she's gonna free everyone she's gonna destroy this this enslavement camp but she's also willing to die to, to die do it. for it again this guys, is like the third time in this sto- guys I, like- I think storm needs to go to therapy i i love <laughs> yeah, her thanks. i love her so much but i feel like she's maybe not okay I th- needs to talk to somebody about it. I mean, it's just too bad we never get to see Punk Storm on the show. I know. We we don't get to see, like, Punk Rock Mohawk Storm. Right. Instead, we get to see, like, Young Storm, who still hasn't really figured her shit out yet. No, but I do like that she is the type of freedom fighter that will fight Yeah, she'll the die for end. her cause. And yeah. she'll die for other people. And Storm I, I, rules. I, yeah, she, I mean, I love her even outside of the show she's just a great character anyway this is my favorite moment of the episode oh it is because storm falls is falling to her death because this dam is collapsing and so she's falling with all these rocks i didn't know what was gonna happen here i didn't i know i was like is she just gonna die and then rogue flies in and saves her girlfriend (laughs) (laughs) and she says she makes a comment too where rogue's like You've been working too hard, gal. Yeah, it's adorable, guys. I I mean, I know that, okay, even though they canonically, <laughs> by the writers, were not dating, they're, they're, dating. they're dating. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, I, it's so great that she saves her at that moment. I was like, as soon as it happened to her, I text Maddie, I'm like, oh, guess who's being gay again? Like, yeah, you were get like, ready. your favorite couple. And I was like, I don't know who that is, Ryan. It could be literally any couple. Anybody on this show. Um, <laughs> so then, meanwhile... The leader is like calmly sitting in the car with yes. Cameron Hodge, and he's like, he goes, he's just randomly Have you ever been like, to Switzerland, Mister Hodge? Because all the villains on this show like going overseas, like that's their main <laughs> thing. If something's going wrong in one country, they're like, let's just go to another country because this is like the Wild West, apparently, and you just have to get over the border, and then you're fine, apparently. <laughs> I mean, that is more or less how it works in real life, which is kind of fucked up. But I whatever. know, and then. Cable shows up before they can even finish that conversation, blows up the car, and he struts forward with, like, this super 90s music where it's like... <laughs> and then meanwhile, all the water is flooding in because I think the dam actually was preventing the water from flooding this whole camp where they were building the Sentinels. I mean, you're, you're probably right about that. And then Cable's like, I thought you were going to bring democracy to Genosha. I guess I was wrong. I'm okay with that as long as I can correct my mistakes. And he gets ready to shoot the leader in the face. I know. 
no. But meanwhile, all this water is like crushing all these buildings behind them, and it's fucking epic as hell. I know. And Cameron Tosh is like gonna try and like pick up this tiny little like gun to shoot Cable. He's like dropping. He's like whoa, and like. <laughs> Instead, Cable sees like this tidal wave come over them, yep. and he just laughs maniacally as like it's amazing. It sweeps them away. I guess I don't know how Cable's laughing while he's like being swept up by the water, but here, like I don't know, he, he time sees, travels like, himself out of there. I don't know. He's I'm, fine. That's, that's what I'm assuming. And then <laughs> my favorite part of this episode: it cuts the Sentinels, and like the room is cracking, starting to leak, and Master Mold gets up. He's like, because Master Mold, the master sentence, is like, I better get out of here. And he takes two steps and he can't move forward. He turns around and he sees a wire connected to his foot and he goes, I am still plugged in. I know. And then I guess gets destroyed by the water because so he can't fun. get out. He can't unplug himself. Well, not fast enough. I love how the joke there is that he's not battery operated. It's fucking funny, guys. But I, oh I also like how this show tries to mitigate how fucking scary the Sentinels are by like having them all be idiots. Like it I does mean, yeah, help. It does help a little bit. So the what the water just wipes out the Sentinels and the X Men show up. They pick them up and Cyclops is like on the com being like xavier where are you xavier and he's just getting static because professor xavier is just a giant asshole i guess professor x is like still on the phone with moira and doesn't have call waiting apparently (laughs) (laughs) but the cyclops doesn't know what that sound is i guess i don't know (laughs) it's literally static i know and then storm wakes up in the back of the blackbird like screaming and gasping and gene's like it's all right and gene cops a feel on storm like It's just a weird animation frame, but everyone's uh, I, gay, so it's fine. It, it really was, but I said that to Maddie. I was like, um, what's happening here? And Maddie's like, she's clearly copying a feel, right? <laughs> but anyway, Jean, Jean cuddles Storm for a while, and then they're okay. Yeah, um, and then Jubilee, for some reason, goes over to Gambit and apologizes to him. Meanwhile, he hasn't apologized for anything in this, I and know. he doesn't at all. And she's well, like... Jubilee- Jubilee tries to sort of retroactively interpret all of Gambit's actions as having been a way to save them. Or at least that's like what she's right. trying to right. think. She's, where she's, she's like, like, I'm sorry. I realize you couldn't tell us like what your plan was, but you were actually trying to save us. And thanks. And, no, and she, she's like, you're never going to be a traitor. And then Gambit's like, how do you know that I'm not one? Maybe you've been fooled again. And Jubilee's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Jubilee on I think Gambit didn't like turn around and I was like, it's okay. Gambit I'm sorry for not telling you. He does yeah. not apologize. He's just like, honestly, I fucking hate you guys. I mean, like, pretty much. He's like, honestly, like, I was trying to just get out there on my own. But then since I ran into this cable dude and he gave me a key, I figured I may as well go and get you out. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure Gambit wouldn't have gone back. I think Gambit was just trying to look well, out for himself. Well, also, you could interpret it as Gambit going back because he needed Storm's powers to get out of there and then didn't care if she died, which is I, fucked up. That's true, because that is another thing that happens is that she... I know. Like, Julie's like, we got to save her. And Gambit's like, nah, we got to go. That's fucked up, right? Like, Gambit is a fucked up character. <laughs> I think Gambit is... I'm not... I mean, I'm he's not, an amazing character. I... I'm just saying, like, I wouldn't want to be his friend because like, he's not trustworthy. No, he, he's not. But it's like a, another reflection that a lot of the X-Men characters are like they're freedom fighters, but they're just all shady as fuck. So they are. Or at least a lot of them are. I, yeah. Anyway, remember anyway. Wolverine? Oh, my God. Yeah. So this is where we get to see him again for a second because because <laughs> the, as they're pulling up the X-Mansion, 
uh, Cyclops is like, oh my god, it can't be, what's going on? And Rogue comes over and she's like, oh my god, what's happening? And like, then we see just like Wolverine like growl and pop his claws. That's it. That's all he gets to do. But and then... then we get a shot of the X-Match and it's just like completely destroyed. Yeah, so that's why the phone Classic work, X-Match really. cut to credits. The X-Match blows up. It's blasting is, off again. It's, <laughs> and it like sparkles on the sunset. Pretty much uh, because the X-Mansion blows up all the fucking time. It's like and to the point where like they were able to make a joke about it in the Deadpool movie. Anyway, so that was the whole episode. I don't know why Wolverine was there at the very end. I, don't I genuinely know. don't know. But like, all what it, was he all, doing? All it does is verify the fact that honestly that Wolverine previous episode shouldn't have happened no it just means that they shouldn't have like done a side story with wolverine running around with native americans like it was just like an unnecessary story that just was super racist and they came back and it had nothing to do with whatever was going on here i would but, have like much preferred... why didn't wolverine go with them on the x jet like i don't even understand like, like he didn't do anything rogue did everything <laughs> Well, that's usually the case. But... <laughs> Literally, the only characters that did anything in this entire episode were Storm, Jubilee, and Rogue. That's well, Gambit did some emotional manipulation. Yeah, but like he was also, a put... Cable... he was a not a hero here. Cable was there. Yeah, that's true. Cable's there, and he's fucking hot. But we're not going to talk about Cable yet. We're going to talk about politics first. Okay, that's time for politics. <laughs> Um, okay, so we already talked about them somewhat as we went along, but this was a really fucking heavy episode. There was a lot of stuff going on here. I mean, obvi- the, the most obvious <laughs> relation you can make is uh, to Nazi Germany because they, that's a big... You, yeah, but I, I mean, usually Genosha is an allegory for slavery and for apartheid. But I mean, I, I think the Holocaust is what we would think of, at least for this episode, because there's a work camp in this yeah. specific episode, but there's a lot of other episodes, well, not episodes of the show, but just like history of Genosha stuff where it's like, okay, uh, you know, the entire country is built on enslaving part of the population, which is like an apartheid thing. Um, and that, I guess, is kind of what's the case here, but we don't really see the humans like interacting with that at all. We just right. see like these sort of comically evil foursome hanging out in a boardroom and then like a bunch of mutants building a dam. I mean, we don't we don't get like a lot of political stuff here because I don't I mean, I don't know. There's hints at, at political things like cable um, talking to the leader and being like you were supposed to instate a democracy here like we don't really find out i don't think we find out the full story of like what was implied by that i don't remember if there's any other episodes about that Do you i don't remember? i don't think there are because i think we just kind of quickly go to days of future past instead yeah okay um, well, which, which is sort of episodes, related to this but... in the sense that the sentinels and master bolt are here right but I, we don't really find out like what the leader's deal is, which is odd. It's like, how did this guy end up in charge of this? This is what I'm saying. Like, I really love this episode, and it's 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 I'm, actually kind of cool that we don't find out. Like, I, I'm sounding like I'm criticizing it, but I actually think it's really neat. Like, we don't really know what the deal is with this place. It, it's also sort of like the way that Cable put it, because like he came in and he was like, "I was expecting you to run this country or run this like world correctly." It it almost seems like it was more like a cult than it was a country. So there's like this weird subplot mm-hmm. of like the idea that they were all part of like this weird cult together that then became a cult that was about 
killing mutants and like putting them into death camps essentially which you know is supposed to be relatable to what we said before where it could have been like nazi germany or if it if it was just like anybody a minority being put into a concentration right, camp right, before right. or like south Afri- african apartheid or like just any other scenario i think i mean human I think, history where like a group of people gets enslaved by like imperialists or impressors exactly and then also there's people that are enslaved to build the weapon that's gonna kill themselves right which is grim yeah and so they do wacky things with the sentinels in this to sort of like lighten the mood but like the sentinel rising from the water like jesus like yeah 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 but there's still scenes where you've got storm and jubilee crying and i i think it's actually really important to have this episode be centered around storm and jubilee because like having your characters of color be part of a story that is a metaphor for slavery. Like, I think that kind of helps because I, mean, I it's don't also really important. like seeing these, these sort of metaphorical stories where it's like, okay, so this is a metaphor for slavery, but it's all about white people. I'm like, what if white people were slaves? That would really be bad. <laughs> right. And like science fiction does that shit a lot. Like yeah. where the worlds does it where like Tom Cruise and every, all his whole family gets enslaved by like Martians and stuff. Like right. a lot of times they'll be like, now shit's really bad. Tom Cruise is a slave. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but I think, I think it's really cool that they have like a black woman being the heroine of this episode and like having her struggles be forefront i just think it's neat i i'm sure it was intentional i don't know but i I think it was because like because like when we go back to the beginning of this episode they had a lot of characters of minority as the slaves in this and if they were minority they were basically criminals like that and that's the pairing you had here it's like right like prison labor which by the way is really fucking immoral and you have like gay characters right but it is the non-white characters what they're that they're getting at here is that you have these kids we have characters that are actual criminals because we have like the brotherhood of mutants there and then you have a bunch of other characters that are of color or gay and they're also considered criminals yeah yeah that's a thing and that is I don't know. It's an interesting story. And I mean, we've talked a lot on this show about when it works to have the idea of mutants being an oppressed class and whether that metaphor is like heavy handed or not. For whatever reason in this episode, I thought it really worked. Like I, I bought it. I was like, this makes sense. And I think it's because these characters are oppressed in multiple ways. And the episode seems really self-aware about that and like the bad guys in this episode are white guys and like we are like telling jokes about how gay they are but they're really yeah, even, not gay <laughs> like you know what i mean like they're like rich crazy white guys i mean totally i mean they could be gay and they're overcompensating i don't know yeah they're but... all peter teal <laughs> <laughs> they're not even like the only bad guys in this too because we have gambit who's supposed to be right. the white male hero and he's not he's not you're right that's an interesting counterpoint so, i didn't even think about that part of it but you're right he is kind of the bad guy of, of the good guys in this right. and he is somebody who they trusted to be their ally and he's kind of like honestly fuck you guys i know and although i do like that cable shows up and he is a white dude but he goes and kills the other white dudes. okay like, but cable that's... is gay <laughs> okay cable actually is like at least bisexual like he canonically is, that's like canon so i'm not counting that <laughs> okay fair enough uh okay so there's other stuff in here too where we dive into the storm's ptsd again we still don't know what it caused it um but like but but it's been very well established so far and we've learned a bunch about her right and and they brought it up a bunch of the morlock tunnels and in this jubilee keeps burning it up and she's worried about her and being like you know i can't imagine what it's like to have ptsd and like to be scared and like alone and be trapped with this like phobia of yours like 
yeah. we got to get her out. And Gambit's like, whatever. I have whatever. really enjoyed like, how the show has handled that. And like Gambit being like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Like, that's not presented as like the correct reaction, you know? Right. Like, you know, Jubilee is our way in, and she's the audience stand-in in a lot of this stuff. Right. So, and like, she's demonstrating the compassion that we should feel for Absolutely. Storm. And then also, speaking of Jubilee... Another political statement to make here is that Jubilee is the person who tries to rise up and create a rebellion against like yeah. this empire, essentially, against this cult that is enslaving them. Because Jubilee is like, fuck this. Like, we should, like, be free. Like, yeah. we should keep fighting. And, and she keeps doing that, like, rad? repeatedly. Like, in this cause... You almost never see, like, an Asian girl character who does something like that in, like, right. a in a setting of any kind like it's very rare to see asian characters that actually get to have active roles in anything as opposed to being a sidekick so it's fucking cool to see her like rallying everybody and then eventually winning and like being the one to steal the remote it's just totally it's great and it's also she also doesn't give up at any point in time throughout this entire episode because first we have gambit telling her no then she like tries to like get them all riled up in the prison they all say no and gambit rejects them then she manages to get them all to like actually do it when they're out there and then she gets thrown into a box and she's the one consoling storm and, and she's then, still like cracking jokes to cheer herself up which i know I and then and then gambit frees her and jubilee is like that wasn't fucking okay dude yeah like, it's like not okay and jubilee then calls out the adults in her life which is so cool like I know. she's a and kid then, but she's like i don't respect you guys <laughs> Right, it's and then rad. she goes back to all the mutants again, and she's like trying to get them to help them fight and destroy the Sentinels together. And they're like, "Oh, we we don't trust you anymore." She's like, "Well, you probably should." So like, <laughs> like it's just it's really great because she continuously through this entire episode, it doesn't matter how many times she gets knocked down, she gets right back up again, which is like the spirit it's of Jubilee. Cool, but she, she also still gets at least one moment where she's crying and doesn't let Storm see her cry because it's, right. it's not like she's just like this emotionless strong woman, you know? Like right. she's still a person i just think it's really really good this I is a good show <laughs> this was a good episode all around like it, it was it, it the really only was. thing is that it really should have been two parts and you know a little yeah, slower i would have loved to see more of this but on the other hand i thought it was really cool that we didn't really get to find out a lot about cable yet i thought that he was like appropriately mysterious and cool yep and, and also like mysterious in a way where they were introducing the whole time travel aspect yeah. where he's like obviously got technology from a different time but it doesn't that's that's why i think it's so clever is because they don't even like make that a center focus at all they don't even say anything about how he looks different or he's got different technology right. they don't like many any comments about the fact that he looks part cyborg they just don't say any of that he just shows up looking like that doing this weird shit and has this like weird relationship with somebody that calls themselves the leader but clearly that's not who he was originally so like mm-hmm. we don't really know a lot uh because also leader is dressed like somebody not from that time like they're the yeah, only yeah, two yeah. characters that are dressed like totally weirdly i mean i guess you could yeah. argue the x-men also dress really fucking weird but that no, was at least I the 90s Jubilee's dressed fine I don't oh know yeah what you're talking about. totally <laughs> i wear a raincoat whenever i go out in the blazing hot sun plus gambit's outfit <laughs> looks great yeah i don't even know gambit wears like a skin tight like zentai suit with another suit <laughs> over it and armor he wears like fake padded abs over his zentai suit <laughs> oh Gambit's my God. outfit is insane guys i mean Whatever. how is he like not he's like making comments at jubilee for being hot all the time but he's wearing like more layers than she is at least she's wearing fucking shorts yeah how is gambit not pouring sweat while he's on genosha i don't understand he oh probably is he's probably soaking wet and it smells like shit 
Fuck you, Gambit. I also like, you know what? If you think about Kanata, while, while we're talking about outfits, like, it's... <laughs> For the unofficial fashion no, segment on our show. Because, like, when at the end of the last episode, like, Gambit was the only one who was in costume and Storm and Jubilee were wearing casual clothing. I guess they changed when they went to Genosha. I know! why <laughs> whatever it was just an animation like, error let's give you back fine. your coat and your like your super suit because like you know nothing can go wrong with that yeah so. but gambit never did change i don't think i think he kept his all of his stuff on because he has know. to keep all of his stupid cards and all of his trench yeah, coat well pockets. i mean they didn't bother to check any of their pockets so they were honestly pretty shitty at their jobs anyway i i'm <laughs> i'm good on talking about politics this is actually like a very political episode but i i think it pretty much speaks for itself and i thought it was well handled i um, do too and i i i'm a big I, fan of this episode so i am too i thought it did a good job of balancing like the sci-fi fantastical elements with like actual scary situations and still keeping it lighthearted with the sentinel jokes and also writing like good dialogue you know like that was believable and uh, you know just the same way that i felt about the first two x-men episodes of the series where i was like which were written by the same person right yeah it it was i double checked it last night because i was like um, yeah so that that writer is really good so the writer of the show is mark edwards edens and he did other episodes like the first couple episodes of this as well so like i think when we ever we hit like sort of darker material it's his work all right anyway um, um so let's talk about guess who <laughs> on uh, our next section obviously show. richter yeah obviously <laughs> the leader an important character who will return time and time again and north star Anyway, you ready? Yep. Who's that? That's desperate. I think that noise was. It was like the nineties were. Yeah, the nineties were just happening in my mouth. Yeah. Um, so today, obviously, we're doing cable. Yeah. Because <laughs> in my notes, I wrote "Who's that expert?" and then I wrote "Cable." Ellie, 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 because I got really excited. I like Cable Guys. He's not in my top five, but I do really like like. I enjoy him a lot too. I enjoy him. Maybe I can like actually help you out with this because I've read a bunch of Cable stuff. I wonder if his dick is also metal. I hope so. I hope so too. (laughs) That would be really cold, though. I mean, but I mean, I'm here for it. You know. I'll yeah. try some. I'll try anything once. Or maybe it's like the rest of his body, like where half of it is like metal, the other half isn't. Guys, this is our show. What do you think? <laughs> He's got a two-faced dick. <laughs> okay, what's right. happening? So, so let's talk about Cable. All right, so Cable is the son of Scott Summers and the clone of Jean Grey, Madeline Pryor, um, and also known as the Goblin Queen. Mm-hmm. And don't worry about it. It's comics, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Don't don't even ask why, but also he was sort of created by Mister Sinister to destroy Apocalypse. So like because that's of course also he part. was Mister yeah. Sinister, so a it's character like that we will soon meet. My my very favorite Mister Sinister. Hold on, I need water. Um, so Cable's a time traveling bisexual who is my boyfriend. Yep. Um, and Rachel Summers, who is like the daughter of Scott and Jean from another dimension, pulled the means of the minds of Scott and Jean into the future at some point under the names of Slim and Red to raise Cable for a little while, um, and then sent them back to their own time, but just their minds. It, it's insane. Cable's backstory is insane, and it's stupid and silly. It doesn't really matter. The whole point <laughs> is that 
he was he was creating the future essentially by Mr. Sinister. Yes. So anyway, his powers do incre- include like all of Gene's powers. So he's got telepathy, telekinesis, and he also has technopathy, which is like he can talk to machines and also could control them. And he's got cybernetic enhancements like his arm is leg, and he's also infected by the technovirus. So that's that's also part of like what's taking over his body with the cybernetic enha- enhancements mm-hmm. um he has that's a, how he gets to be as emo as wolverine because you right know, he's right infected. and then and then there's the character strife who is a clone of cable mm-hmm. and strife runs the mutant liberation front which was a usa program um but he's he's the leader he's that's who that's supposed to be but like what I, I tried to figure that out and i thought maybe that's who it was supposed to be but i wasn't sure yeah i think that's who it's supposed to be technically but, but it's not in this show i don't know what's going on in this show maybe they were gonna do something about it later but then they just didn't maybe so basically cable was sent into the future as an infant where he was trained to be a warrior and then he like came back to the present when he was like a fucking badass and he came in to stop strife's plans as well as stopping apocalypse's rise to power so he came back to do two really really big things like he came to stop by his this guy who was gonna fucking enslave people and also stop the literal apocalypse so uh that's what he he was invented for invented his first appearance i know he was created (laughs) by mr sinister's butt baby anyway uh so his first appearance was in the new mutants where cable saw the students as soldiers and trained them as such and that went on for a while and he he was teamed up with domino domino's like a character he's often paired with when he's working in x-force and they trained the kids to be like super soldiers so this is where the new mutants went uh especially after new mutants because once when it hit the 90s they became the x-force but it was still the new mutants yeah and they kind of stayed there doing that for cable for over a decade by the way all of this is like important info if you are somebody who cared at all about the deadpool movie and like wants to know more about what's going to be in the second one right because he's going to be in and that. His domino is too so yeah exactly and then so he he did that and he stayed with them for a long time and then at the end of like the 90s and going to the 2000s in that whole decade he kind of disappeared for a little while like in the early 2000s and then came back again where he teamed up with deadpool Mm -hmm. to change the world for the better like deadpool suddenly had a change heart this is when deadpool was suddenly being written as like a good guy because like he was still kind of like a lovable fuck up even in this time period because he always is but he goes through phases where he tries to do the right thing like comedically so and usually still fucks up in some way um right and so they there's like all the cable and deadpool series oh my god it is so gay it's, guys it's intentionally gay i mean like it, deadpool deadpool's it, pansexual deadpool's and like can they pansexual and at one point in the cable and deadpool series cable like admits he's attracted to deadpool but doesn't act on it but there's right. like a famous thing where that happens and they haven't really confirmed anything but not yet but there's also that great sequence where i think it's deadpool who's dreaming of like cable and him on the beach and cable is like rubbing suntan lotion into his back oh my god it's so good uh so they also live together for a while on uh cable ship which is the gray malkin but for some reason comic books won't allow that to happen and it's honestly really stupid like please uh, marvel's just, just catching up fuck. now and starting to out characters like it took us this long to get bobby out of the closet i know but anyway they are characters who are basically dating but they can't <laughs> canonically be dating well they can be but like it's just like well ryan reynolds wants them to be so i guess we'll see i love how ryan reynolds it might be the turning point for this to actually he genuinely happen genuinely might be 
I know. Ryan Reynolds is great, guys. He actually is pretty great. But um, anyway, I hope he does it because Marvel Comics fucking won't. So, yeah, like, well, go ahead, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. Everybody Marvel make your comics. characters extra gay so they can be gay in the comics like they're supposed to be. Uh, so, he turns his ship, the Grey Malkin, into the mutant utopian island of Providence for a long time. Um, and then eventually, this, guess who shows up? Fucking Gambit. And Gambit and Sunfire are trying to steal Cable's database off the the Grey Malkin. And so uh, Cable fakes his death by blowing up the entire ship and island. And I guess not worrying about who's on it at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he survives and he takes he takes refugee in the future uh, in the safe haven of New Liberty. And there, that's where we are introduced to Hope 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Hope is this woman that he meets and she dies defending their child which cable then also names hope and this is hope who is who looks like a, a younger version of jean gray essentially yes. and has her powers and like can channel the phoenix and actually is a really interesting character she also has, has the ability to copy other characters um like powers like rogue does if they're in a certain range of her but not for a very long time it's um, interesting too because her powers manifest when she's super young. Right. Well, also all of this is after the whole no more mutants thing. So like that's like a yeah, bigger event yeah, she's that's a, happening in in Marvel during that time. In House of M, the no more mutants thing left them with like three hundred mutants left in the entire world, and Hope was the first one to appear who was like yes. a technically new mutant that had time traveled back in time with Cable. Yes. Uh, and that's why. And there were like all these prophecies that she was going to destroy the world or save it. And so there's these are all the comics that I've read, like Messiah War and Messiah Complex, where Cable and Hope are basically like time traveling on the run together to escape all these forces, good and bad, where people are trying to kill Hope. Some people are, and some people are trying to like help Cable, maybe because they're like, "What's the deal with this little mutant girl?" And right. like, maybe this is a good thing, maybe it's bad, and like Deadpool's there, Wolverine's there, Domino's there, the gang's all there. <laughs> I know, I know, and also like it's fucking good. These are really, really good comics. I I love I like that. There's them. a whole section here too where like Hope and Cable get time displaced from each other for a little while, so she he keeps on showing up to places she had been but like two years later yeah and like that's a whole thing and he's also really sick from the techno organic virus that's like taking over his body and at one point like it mutates him so badly that hope can't recognize him which is like kind of sad and then it Bish- is sad it's kind of like logan-y because it's sort of like a surrogate dad well yeah dad pretty much and then and- we and have our fellow time traveler Bishop who shows up and kind of fixes yes. that and gets them back together and also like sort of fixes his face and so that's a cool thing. Bishop's cool. Bishop's another really cool cu- character of we'll color. Meet Bishop. On yeah, this he's show. on the show. Yep. And then at and at another point, Cable dies saving the X Force again because the he's trying to help them <laughs> escape out of the future and back to their own time, and the virus takes over him completely and kills him supposedly but then cable comes back to save hope at, <laughs> right before avengers versus x-men because they're already trying to kill her and cable yep. comes to defend her and during that whole time hope manifests manifest the phoenix to save him because like the avengers essentially beat cable to death for protecting her and that's when she first uh has the phoenix inside of her is to sort of like save cable and removes the techno virus completely and then cyclops takes him and takes care of him and they have like this whole telepathic conversation where cable says that in the future he knows the avengers are going to try and kill hope but they don't know when and he'll be there to protect her but then he goes to a canatotic state for like 
the entirety of like Marvel Marvel's X-Men versus Avengers. So the, it works itself out. <laughs> uh, Cable comes back later after the Avengers versus the X-Men thing. And he starts another X-Force. This is after Wolverine's X-Force, but it's similar mm-hmm. to the same idea where Wolverine's X-Force was like this black ops hit squad. And now Cable is doing that and he gets everybody sort of back together again. It's like a different crew. I think like Domino is there again and Hope and Phantom X. And I think um, Deadpool. I could be wrong about that. I think Deadpool comes back later. But that's a whole nother fucking story where he gets like infected with another virus that's going to that's supposed to kill a mutant in like a year. But he's infected with a special one that kills him in a day. So Cable keeps cloning himself. So he like re- is rebirthed like every single day. Wow. I haven't read these. This it sounds I mean, kind of dumb. Is it, it good? It's, I I haven't read this one either, but it's classic X Men bullshit, and <laughs> and so. But then they find this uh, virus, and Phantom X like goes crazy with power with it because it also gives like you know the user like crazy superpowers also. And so Phantom X eventually gets it, and he goes crazy with it. And the way that they fight him off is that cable releases like all his clones on him <laughs> so then there's like a million cables around killing phantom x cool and then he is like cured of this infection and then he is like oh everything's great and hope's like yeah not really your methods are questionable so you're fired <laughs> <laughs> good and that's also like the last time i really see hope or him because like we see I, recently like very recently and i did read these uh deadpool and cable team up again where they are going into like the past the future to fix all deadpool deadpool's mistakes that deadpool is going to make in the future that's funny that sounds good it Maybe is and those. it's even gayer than like the previous one can they so just make them gay okay let's i mean we can address this briefly because we're about to get to the next section of the show yeah. where we talk about well, who's gay yeah but I I just want to also say that a lot of times these Deadpool and Cable things, it's presented as a joke, which I I think is like the writers thinking that it's funny for these characters to sleep together. But and like I can get on board with that to an extent, you know, but ultimately, I actually just want them to be together. Yeah, I mean, it would I don't be want great. it to be treated as a joke. Like I'll get on board for some homoerotic jokes where it's like, wouldn't it be funny if these two guys fucked and like we all have a good laugh? But like, eventually you have to actually do it. Yeah, you know? eventually you have like, to put your dick in the butt. You can't just keep playing that card and being like, ha, wouldn't it be funny? Like you know how like if you have a crush on somebody and you're like sort of like joking with them, like wouldn't it be <laughs> so funny if like we went on a date? Wouldn't it be so funny if we just had sex right now? <laughs> Yeah, and, like, you just kind of, like, gauge what their reaction is, and if they're, like, yeah, it would be, then you're, like, yeah, I got this in the bag. <laughs> if they, like, don't think it's funny at all. Yeah, and, that's like, almost exactly what it's like, It's just, except it's but worse. But it's, like, Marvel Comics just keeps fucking saying that joke over and over, and it's, well, like, they no, never get that's... to step two, because fans are responding by being, like, yeah, it would be great. Let's, uh, let's okay, go ahead and go Okay, but it's not even just the out. fans. It's also the writers being, like, yeah, it would be great. It's literally Marvel comics as a production company that is making that distinction because like almost every writer that has written like all these characters to be sort of like like insinuating them being bisexual or gay the writers are like yeah that's how we write them like dick grayson like so many writers have written him and been like oh yeah he's totally bisexual and like gambit the same way uh wolverine and like it's but then like marl's like no nah, <laughs> we're not gonna do that 
Well, because they don't want to alienate all their straight male fans who are like, I'm exactly like Cable, and if Cable's bi, then that means I'm bi, yeah. and being bi is bad because I don't understand humans. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. know. Whatever, I fuck think it's, that noise. I, I, it's weird, too, because, like, Marvel does have, like, such a expansive, really good team of liberal people, so it's somebody, like, way well, up top making Well, the people who, those. like, own it, aren't necessarily right. well i don't fucking know marvel makes stupid choices all the time i don't i don't know either. that's not what this show's about but they make stupid choices <laughs> a lot and this is one of them so cable should just be by that's my opinion cable just needs to have future time traveling in the past butt sex with deadpool or specifically really anybody, but yeah deadpool I, I, is, I mean we, is we're all shipping him boyfriend. deadpool i really hope ryan reynolds makes that with cable um, I do too. Anyway, I just so had to get on my soapbox briefly. Before before I jump into which X-Men's the gas, I do want to tell you where Cable wind up currently. Because oh, yeah, he yeah, can't yeah. he comes back to present time uh and joins the Uncanny Avengers, which is ironic considering they were trying to kill his daughter. Um and basically they he does this whole thing where he's battling Red School, who has the brain of Professor Xavier. <laughs> Don't even ask. And then sure. like that's pretty much where we last saw him. Cool, cool, cool. Yep. So that's that. Anyway, Yay. who's having butt sex? Who's fucking who? The because there's no obvious front runner like i feel like there's a bunch of different couples in this episode who we've chosen in the past yeah like, like we've like got we trask see... and gyrick again we've got like a fun storm rogue moment we've got like wolverine posing sexily for cyclops <laughs> for like one <laughs> second i mean who else do we have i mean um, i mean i guess you could if we want to do something new you could say gene and storm at the end there yeah i don't know if that's enough um, i don't i, I might... I don't think there is anyone in this episode. I think it's like there's too much focus on other stuff going on that nobody can really focus on that. I mean, there's canonically two gay characters here. We have that's, Rick. That's a great point. There's literal gay characters. We almost never actually get canonical gay characters on and, this and show. And then suddenly we had two at this one. We had Richter and we had North Star. They don't have any that's lines. That's pretty fucking cool. I mean, we see Richter like move the ground a bit and then we see like north star fly really fast and high five his twin sister and they like create a flash well i'm just gonna pick storm and rogue again because that was the best scene i mean honestly it was though like i was really <laughs> happy about it i was too so i'm just gonna pick that because nothing else is coming to mind yay <laughs> honestly i think masterbold was really gay with the weird sentinel i mean maybe <laughs> masterbold is sort of an interesting like presentation of I mean, a robot i mean that's true too maybe maybe cable and the leader <laughs> are ex-boyfriends oh maybe <laughs> i was actually thinking about the leader like maybe being gay with um karen hodge uh, cameron hodge yeah 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 i like and how we're just writing really like guys, really ridiculous fan fiction everyone's at this point. fucking okay this there's is just like... so many fanfic problems in this episode <laughs> This oh yeah a good episode it w <laughs> anyway all right so that's that it's it's storm and rogue for me they're my favorite new couple on the show yeah I, I mean i'm with you there i don't think there was anything else that was like very obvious usually there's like something that's super gay but 
Mm. Well, Gambit didn't like interact with anybody else in this episode, really. So he didn't get to be gay with Wolverine or whoever. I don't know. Maybe Gambit. Maybe Gambit was going to get out of a situation by giving Trask a blowjob. It's entirely possible he did that off screen. Oh, that's true. Maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's how he got out of the cell because we don't even know how that happened. We don't. <laughs> Okay, let's assume that happened and they get to be the runners up. Fucking Trask and Gambit. We're just writing these ridiculous scenes now. What is this fucking show? All right, let's wrap it up. It's really um, long. No. Do we have any reader mail? Yeah, wrap it up like Wolverine doesn't do. Yes. All right, we do have some questions. Oh, God, I have to. I feel bad because these people. We have two. I feel like I should write a reader mail song because we've gotten reader mail pretty consistently. So maybe I'll I'll try to do that this week. Uh, okay, so As we though I have time. D- no, to we do don't that. need any more songs. All right, so I love you, Batty, but no more songs. You're cut off. Okay. Uh, we also just wrote a rap song together, so you know, take a break. All right. <laughs> Wait, hold on. You already opened this episode up by playing X Men on the piano. Okay. Well, you know what. I love music. What can I say? If you really want to, you could write a a little theme there, but I don't feel like it's necessary. Uh, We do have a couple emails in here, and I haven't even had a chance to respond to them to let them know that we received them. So hopefully I'll have have a chance to respond within the next few days before this goes up. Um, So we have one from a longtime follower of ours all the way back from Insomniacs in the morning. We have a message from James. And this isn't really a question. This is more like a request, but he's referencing when we did that dating game, uh, that, oh the X-Men God. dating game. And he goes, I forgot that we talked about that on the show. Yeah, and he goes, yes, I need to see this. Please, Ryan and Maddie, I need oh, to no. see this. I forgot that we mentioned that and that I included it. Okay, oh, so no. now we have to explain what that is. So for the convention we Do worked we for, know? I'm going to go we? ahead and explain for the convention we worked for, we did we ran, you know, traditionally what a convention has, a, or at least a nerdy convention, is a dating game. A cosplay we, dating game. A right. themed cosplay dating game. Yeah, Almost every, every, we, every cosplay con that you could go to has this. Right, except ours, even though, like, we still handled it the same way where we had cosplayers apply, but we also yes. have, like, the hosts also told a story and why the dating game was happening in in the we version we had did at least one staff member in every round to ensure that the round would run smoothly because these shows are completely improvised usually right. like there's some structure to them but it's basically an improvised comedy show right um and so we basically had like trained actors including me and ryan who would like be in each round and make sure it worked yeah and ryan would usually host it and we'd have a theme every year and it was actually like a really elaborate production it was actually <laughs> it, it, i really loved it it was magneto it was so fun and was, i miss doing this it was magneto and xavier pulled from the first class this universe particular year that's what we did we did an x-men theme but it was great because they were pulled into the present by beast where a whole bunch of different variations of x-men showed up yes that was how we explained the, and that. He, he's trying to stop the Dark Phoenix from eating the planet. I was the Dark by Phoenix. trying to get her laid. That's the whole yes. thing. Yes. The Dark Phoenix wanted to get laid, folks. And who better than with Wolverine and Cyclops? And so or we did a dating game. Beast. Yes. Beast was the third character in the dating game because we couldn't think of anybody else and we like didn't have I don't else. you know you know what? And so Jess just like agreed to do it because Jess is hilarious. I don't and, understand and why we beast. didn't have Gambit come back on stage. 
I don't know. I think we just had Jess because Anna had already been in a prior round. I don't know, but, but yeah, Beast we, is the we, one we that everyone wanted. We organized it however we organized it. Anyway, um, so basically we do throwbacks on our main channel, Atomic Blue Productions, and we've done a couple to like old videos, like old films that we made. We, and we have, have a shitty video of this, which I have suggested us putting up before, but it's very long. So I think if we ever did something like this, we would need to edit it and just take out the sections that we like. And be like, here's the moments where I think I think you would have you and I would have to watch a raw, and then I would just edit with oh, our yeah. reactions. I that's mean, how we'd I do have to watch thing. all of it, but then yeah. we'd have to like put it together into something that's a little more digestible because now, see, it's like an I, hour and a half show. I think I on the last time we brought this up, it was like if you guys want to see this, email us. But apparently, it's being requested, so I think that's. I what really we're, did not think anyone would request well, this. Well, we're gonna have to find that video. So the next time I see you, we're gonna record. I know that. where it is. I gave it to you. Remember? Yeah. I gave it to you like a year ago and I was like, watch this. It's fucking funny. Oh my God. All right. So that's the thing that's going to happen when we get together. Congratulations. <laughs> I don't know it's going to be that funny to anyone but us, but um, who fucking cares? Subscribe just, to our YouTube be, channel. It's going to be great because Maddie as the Dark Phoenix is probably the best thing I've ever seen. So I am the Dark Phoenix in it. And I remember telling a lot of jokes as the Dark Phoenix. She, she, I don't she, know if those jokes are funny now, but we can see. They were ridiculous. Imagine Maddie doing a ridiculous, like over the top, dark phoenix voice where she's like ha 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 like yeah the entire time. i was like run the dark phoenix but i spoke like that for like the entire hour i know i can't believe i didn't lose my voice that year i don't anyway. know it, yeah of all the years to not lose your voice all right we have one more email um this is from ray uh and he says hey guys just heard the show great episode by you guys again despite the shitty material <laughs> <laughs> thanks ray thanks for getting my email in there he emailed us last week too i didn't oh, cool. know that there was an anime at the time i'll have to check it out that X-Force run with Wolverine was great, and I bring it up because it had one of my favorite Wolverine relationships, which was with Domino. I like her and Mystique Aha. for him the best. They don't mind his dark side and, in fact, welcome it. Storm is a good counterbalance for him, but clearly, based on the show, she belongs with Rogue. LOL. The <laughs> so Mr. Sinister, Mr. Sinister and Archangel Shrine sh sounds awesome, and definitely two of, if not the two coolest-looking characters. Is Sinister also in the top five? Thanks again for both responses and see you x time props to that dude great closing lol <laughs> yeah there's a lot of content here uh yeah i okay. i forgot about uh wolverine and domino but that was like a really hot pairing that is a hot pairing um also domino just in general is fucking cool i mean we're gonna get to domino eventually but um ryan is mr sinister in your top five he is. I should just tell you who my top I five are. I asked you that question hypothetically because I fucking know the answer, Ryan. Of course he's in your top we're, five. We're already at like the two-hour benchmark, so I'm just going to tell you who my top five are. Uh, I no thought you weren't going to reveal them until we got to them on the okay, show. Okay, never fine. You said that in episode one, and you were really dramatic about it. You were like, <laughs> I won't say who my top right, ten X-Men are, but one of it. them is Jubilee, and I'm going to reveal them as they get spotlights as we go along. And I was like, <laughs> okay ryan whatever <laughs> so you may as well keep it up okay no i can't but tell I don't you now remember who they are i think i think jubilee is in there i think wolverine is one of them yeah wolverine is actually cable isn't because i remember you saying in this episode that he's not no but he's like he's like on my top 15 so oh my god do you have a fucking google doc of this How i you do no, i actually made a list at one point and posted on facebook it was years ago anyway uh <laughs> ironically he comes before wolverine so like we know that Jubilee's like my number one, I think. I think that's what I said. 
Um, I don't know that you actually specified numbers for any of these. You okay, were just well, like, they're in my top five. Okay, well, so I it's also... It's sort of like your top five on MySpace where you're constantly <laughs> changing the order. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so we, we know that uh, my top five already includes Jubilee and Wolverine and Archangel because I already said that. And Mistress Sinister is also my top five. There's one other who, like, tops them all, but we'll get to her when it's time. So. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah spoilers for the future episode where we eventually profile mr sinister because ryan is gonna list him in his top five. Oh my god oh, even mr sinister is yet. fucking great okay there was one other thing in here too um uh it was about your shrines maybe yeah that was it okay so yeah i do have my shrines and if you guys ever <laughs> see anything that i should have there okay there's like some weird shit if you want on Ryan Amazon. To spend his money on something. I, this is where okay, no, this is like you know how sometimes people like that are online have like PO boxes and they send them shit. People send them yeah. shit. I I almost want one for I, the mutant we ages. We have like an atomic blue PO box. I thought about people it. People can send us. If people you can think, send us if you guys want to send us weird X Men shit, let us know. And we'll get a PO box and make that happen. I mean, honestly, people should just back our Patreon so that we can actually have money. Okay, but I guess if wait. they want to buy us action figures, Excuse they can. Excuse me, I need to tell you something. I have so I was looking on Amazon, Jesus. and first of all, there's two things that are really hilarious. There's you know those like fucking like ballerina flyers that you would pull the string and they fly away. There's one of yes. Archangel. Uh, oh my god, what? <laughs> and then there's also a weird Mister Sinister figurine that like projects images onto the wall. Whoa. That sounds really psychedelic and scary. I mean, it's the 90s. That's when the shit was made, so. Okay, so I take it back. Don't back our Patreon. Buy us those. Thanks. <laughs> I do think we should get a P.O. box, because maybe people will, like, want to send us real letters. I don't know. I all don't right, know. I'll do... look up how much it is to get one, and I'll, like, find out. Um, so that's all of our reader mail for today. Um, all right, let's... Anyway, anyway, it's time to rate the episode, right? Yep, it's, like really good so i'm giving we do out of one out of five x's and so i give it five out of five i also give it five out of five i really like this episode no a lot. surprise at all we've already talked this entire time about how much we liked it yeah it just was really well written on it was awesome definitely not a skip definitely a watch yep and there's some good animation in there there's some really good uh ways they set up shots in there which is you know like uh, a thing that you do when you actually film something this this they like took the time to like do the whole choreograph where the camera is it where yeah, it should be yeah for each shot pretty much and i i loved it it's it's a good episode and i appreciate that it exists and also rogan stormer's still gay and gambit's a sexy dick <laughs> yes and jubilee's awesome the end jubilee is awesome the end storm is also awesome yeah hell yeah wolverine didn't do anything wolverine didn't do anything but maybe he'll do something next time or maybe professor x will be an idiot for 20 minutes i don't know i have a bad <laughs> feeling the next episode is gonna be a professor do you X know episode. what the next one yeah do you know what the next episode is called i don't what is it called it's the unstoppable juggernaut oh great okay it is gonna be all about professor it Xavier. Sure don't is. worry i already know I already know what's gonna. Except come. this is this is gonna be like the actual canon of Juggernaut, so it's gonna be fucking insane. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait, folks. All right, so obviously you are gonna want to subscribe to our show so you can hear us talk about Juggernaut in a couple weeks, and you can do that on iTunes. You can do that on SoundCloud, and and we we appreciate it when you review the show on iTunes or recommend it to your friends because that's how people find the show, and it's awesome. Yeah, if the if you share it, that's even 
better. It is. And if you want to contact us and have your reader mail read on the show, it's themutantages at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter at, at the, the Mutant Ages. Ages. Yep. And then also uh, we have a Patreon, which you can go over to at patreon.com slash atomic blue productions which yeah. is our production company where you can find other a ton of other stuff like we have yep. other podcasts and videos that we make so you should yep. check them out so like if you like let's watch two movies if you like the mutant ages and if you go over to our youtube channel which is where you should definitely subscribe to because we've been posting a bunch there recently including a new video that vanity and i did which is insane but great <laughs> <laughs> and since I'm going to go ahead and assume there's a lot of Resident Evil fans on in X-Men because that's a thing that keeps crossing yeah, over recently. Yeah, both science fiction, so why not? Yep. Uh, so we just put up a Resident Evil parody where, where I wrote I'm, a song. Ryan yeah. and our other friend Ryan Truman sing it, rap it's it. A, it's, it's an 80s rap song about how great Jill is. It's a really silly music video that we made, and we really hope that you check it out. By the time that this goes live, the blooper reel will be up too. So, oh, fun! I I feel like if you, nobody had listened to this show before, they'd be like, "What the fuck are they talking about?" Guys, just go to our YouTube channel. I don't know how to describe any of this. We just <laughs> yeah, put out you, a lot of stuff. You and know, it's, it's YouTube. Weird. It's just like a big hodgepodge of stuff I, over there. I, I so go know. check it I out. I don't like know how to describe our channel anymore. It's just me and Ryan and Mary Ellen like being idiots. I we're amazing. Just go check it out. Um. It's anyway. a Cameron. It's a Cameron Hodgepodge. Oh my god! <laughs> anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at Ryan Pagella. <laughs> I'm at Mitty Myers. See we you slept. next time. <laughs> See you next time. See you next time. See you next time. <laughs>